Episode 44, episode 44 of the Pushing Rubber podcast. 44, that's a lot. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Piggott, the host of the most, uh, the one who loves all those deplorables and Delcons and all the other rejects and retards of polite society that are out there um, listening in. uh, The millions of listeners that I have. I know it only comes up with a few hundred listeners, but actually, uh, it's millions. Because there's all these um, bots in China uh, that I'm paying to listen to me as well. So, it's it's gone off the charts. Off the charts. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Oh, God. I was not going to swear this episode, and I've just done it. I could start again, but I'm not going to start again. I got a... uh, I got a message this week um, from a, a, a woman, mother of two teenage kids, like a 17-year-old daughter and a, a 50-year-old, 15-year-old son, and she said, I swear too much. Well, I suppose that's true, I suppose, but well, is it a valid point? I mean, I know that this is... This is, this is podcast is not for women but you know i I keep talking about uh i mean language is a very important thing and it's one of the things that the left has used to uh denigrate degrade and demoralize do you like the alliteration i did there uh western society and culture over the last 50 or 60 years and and uh making um bad language not just acceptable almost compulsory uh, I, th- I think that if uh, if, uh, if a reader writes in and says that they have a problem with that, I have to get out of my head killjoy and actually think, well, well, what sort of standards am I trying to set here based on what I'm pontificating about in my general writings as regards to, you know, we need to roll back a lot of the cultural Marxism that's infiltrated our society. I mean... Aaron Clary's already doing a a curse-free podcast together with his normal podcast. I just watched one of Aaron's videos uh, on, uh, which is quite good, on um, getting a, a set of dating rules for women. If you're going to date them, you know they can't have lots of cats. You know they they can't have a HR degree. So he came up with some good stuff, uh, and he was uh, he was swearing a lot in that. And I kind of noticed it this time. I kind of noticed it this time after. And if you if you look at my posts the last few days, I've kind of dropped. I've kind of dropped the f bombs a bit. In fact, I've dropped them a lot. I think I said the word shit. I wrote the word shit in a post yesterday, but that's about it. So you know, maybe maybe I do need to clean up my act a bit. You know, um, Don Rickles died last week and uh I, I was a huge don rickles fan i think i've watched about every don rickles youtube video that features any video that features don rickles i've probably watched it you know a, a gazillion times um and uh don rickles never swore ever he never used bad language um and and maybe, you know, maybe that's something to aspire to. You know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be more Don Rickles. I wrote a whole post uh, um, the day after his death 
um, where I basically went through and I it took me a long time to write this post actually where I I took apart some of the leading figures in the manosphere like Vox Day and Aaron Clary and you know that sort of thing Z Man Royce but I used I used uh, Don Rickles quotes I think I think the only line in there that's not Don Rickles is the one where I spoke about uh, Bill Murray's Caddyshack journey, jersey, which, uh, interestingly enough, is probably the only line in there that's not funny. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and, oh, man, I, did I get some pushback on this one on some emails? I'm not going to say from who. Um, no one on the list, no one on the list um, emailed me. But, oh, geez, I had some people saying that I'd gone too far. And, and I thought that everyone would get it. I didn't put Don Rickles anywhere. I didn't. Don Rickles is dead. It was all over the news. I thought that it was. But then, you know, on hindsight, it's like, well, okay, maybe at that moment in time. But then anyone, anyone else coming and reading the post isn't going to know what the hell you're talking about. So, I don't know. But Don Rickles died. Uh, and some, uh, terrible that he died. He was in his 90s. He had a good run. Come on, let's be honest. Um... And the good thing that come out of his death is a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of YouTube videos have come up um, that have just been put up now. In fact, they've they've been putting up whole episodes of stuff like the Johnny Carson Carson show with uh, Don Rickles that featured it. And some of these are just absolutely brilliant. I mean, this guy, bim bam, boom boom, just on the top of his game, top of his game. And he was a real comedian that he had to a real entertainer. I don't say comedian, real entertainer. That he had to feed off people. He had to. He had to have the people around him. I don't think he could just sit down and do a show and there's no audience. There's, there's, it was just like a nice, like what I'm doing now. Um, he really, really fed off people and, and, uh, and in a really, really kind way that also exposed a lot at the same time. You could never get angry with him if you were the recipient of his uh, humour. But at the same time, you knew that he was exposing, exposing Maybe some of your more obvious deceits. Brilliant, brilliant performer, brilliant entertainer. I encourage everyone to start checking out Don Rickles' uh, stuff on YouTube. The one that I enjoy most is the uh, his appearance, his first appearance on the Dean Martin show, where they literally pulled in a whole bunch of ent- famous entertainers. I mean, people like Bob Hope, Don DeLuise, these sort of people, um, and got them all sitting there and. And Don Rickles just did his normal, uh, his normal, because he, he, he was a uh, nightclub performer. He did his normal thing and took them all apart. And that's what, that's, that's what launched him, that, that chance. And he took it with both hands and hit a home run. And, oh, beautiful to watch. Really, 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 really funny stuff. So young people out there don't know who Don Rickles is. Well, do yourself a favor because he's funnier than anyone is out there today. No one else comes close. Nobody Nobody comes close to Don Rickles. In fact, nobody comes close to Don Rickles because no one's doing what Don Rickles did. Because you wouldn't get away with it today. That's why you hadn't seen Don Rickles. You know, I mean, he made some appearances on you know late night talk shows in the last few years, uh, and obviously in his nineties, he was pretty. He was taking it slowly, but he still had he still had the spark. But no one's doing Don Rickles not because I don't think they can't, but because. Not because they're not able to, 
as in they don't have the talent or the skills, but because they're not, they can't, they're not allowed to. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with it these days, and that's really sad. That's really, really sad. Um, I've been throwing around the idea of getting a co-host for this show, actually, someone to bounce off with, um, but we're still not sure. We've got someone in mind, but we're still not sure how we're gonna, how we're gonna pull it off, so to speak. Um, but you know. We're working on it behind the scenes, having two of us here doing this thing, which would be good, you know, because I'm, I like to bounce off people as well. I like to, I like to feed off people, uh, mostly because I just like to steal their ideas and then claim them as my own right there and then. Um, so you know, that'd be great instead of having to just talk here into the microphone for forty minutes or whatever I do. I mean, let's have a look. Thirty minutes to go. <gasps> so Don Rickles died. I did a. Uh, I did a bit of a tribute to him. Not many people got it. Who did get it? Uh, Didact from Didact's Reach. Good on you, Didact. He got it. Um, I didn't hear from Cappy. Didn't hear from Vox. Vox probably didn't even see, see it. I didn't hear from the Cynical Libertarian. Probably because he's so busy at the moment. I, I'm going to give him a pass. I didn't hear from Matt, Matt Forney. Matt Forney didn't get back to me on it. Peter Grant didn't get back to me on it. Roycey, well, Roycey doesn't know I exist. The Z-Man doesn't know I exist. Tim Newman, Tim Newman came in and, and uh, he, I think he was cool with it. And Rouge, of course, doesn't know I exist. There's this whole thing of people doesn't, don't know they, they exist. I saw this today because it's interesting, like uh, in, the, in this corner of the alt-right, the slash manosphere sort of thing, you know, the, the, the layers upon it, because I'm, I'm pretty much just a, just a just slightly elevated above bottom feeder, I'd say, on the totem pole. But it's like everyone on the totem pole is rapidly, well, desperately trying to get the attention of the person who's just above them on the totem pole while doing everything in their power to ignore everyone else's below them. And I think this kind of brought it, brought it into me today when uh, Vox Day... Uh, linked to a Steve Saylor um, piece on the UNZ review. And Vox mentioned that the Z-Man, who's got the Z-Blog, had commented on Steve Saylor's piece. And, and the Z-Man's comment was pretty funny, actually. He almost broke the internet with it. But Steve Saylor's not going to respond because Steve Saylor's up there in the, you know, the, the, the top strata of the alt-right sort of thing. And then, so the Z-Man's coming in and, and commenting on Steve Saylor's post, kind of trying to get noticed a bit, we'll say. And the Steve Saylor's ignoring him. And then, uh, let's say people like Tim Newman are going and posting comments on the, Z, the Z-Man's blog, and the Z-Man's ignoring them. Um, and then I'll post on Tim Newman's site, and Tim will throw me a bone. So it's this, this, it's this which is nice. Because it's not, it's not that everyone's ignoring everyone. Um, but there is, it's just, it just kind of brought home this whole totem pole. Um, <laughs> how can I get there? And, and who's going up and who's coming down? Because while people are going up, there's people are going down. There's people are definitely going down and kind of lose their direction, lose their way a bit, lose their focus. Maybe run out of ideas. Maybe never had that many ideas to begin with, but just had a bit of luck um, and ran with it. But are running out of steam. And, um, I'm not going to mention, you know. I'm not going to say because that's 
I don't like to point out that stuff. Maybe you should point it out so they get a bit of a fight. All right, I'll put, I'll put a firecracker up, right? Davis Reedy, what are you doing? You know, I mean, he didn't post anything for months, and now he's come up with a couple, and they're yeah, right. But Davis, what are you doing, mate? Come on. You can do better than that. So Don Rickles died. There's a totem pole. It's a greasy totem pole. I'm somewhere just above bottom feeder. I, I suppose there's people who are trying to get my attention, but I just don't notice. That's the whole point. You don't notice. You're not supposed to notice. So it's like Steve Saylor doesn't notice the Z-Man. The Z-Man doesn't notice me. And I don't notice whoever it is that's trying to get... Because I don't notice them. There we go. There you go. Anyway. Things this week. The things this week that kind of uh, caught my eye... Uh, I think the passenger being beaten up and assaulted on the United Airlines flight, for me, uh, was the story of the week, um, apart from Don Rickles dying. Yeah, yeah, Trump threw a bunch of missiles in at Syria, whatever, I don't care. Um, and Tim Newman had a great uh, headline on this, beating up passengers because we can, uh, even though that I think uh, United Airlines got actual policemen to come in and beat up the passenger for them. I get people, so just to recap, there was a flight, a United Airlines flight uh, that was overbooked. And by the way, keep in mind that the overbooking was because United had decided that they needed to put four of their own staff members on the flight so the staff members could get to destination to do something for United. So they were, they were throwing off paying passengers for... United staff members. Now, it begs the question, are you running a service um, for, for your clients, for your customers, or are you running a service for your staff? Where do priorities lie? And they should say, well, you know, that those staff needed to get somewhere to do another flight. And it's like, well, where does it end? You don't sacrifice one flight for another flight. That doesn't make any sense. You don't sacrifice one lot of passengers for another lot of passengers. So I think that's that's been lost a little bit in this whole in the whole thing that the the reason that it was overbooked was that United was throwing off four paying passengers to stick on four United staff members um, to travel on the plane as passengers so they could get somewhere else and do something else for United. What I'm not sure, probably fly a plane, but that's not the point. You know, if you've if you've stuffed up your own internal logistics to the extent that you have to get police in, and I think I think I heard today they've given this guy you know a couple of hundred grand in compensation compensation or whatever. But I get people saying to me, "Why don't Adam? Why don't you move to the United States?" We and this is Americans who read my blog. They'll be like, "We'd welcome you with open arms. We just love you." Ra ra, Adam. It's just like, why do I want to move to the US when you do this shit? You know, I just like, I didn't even see this in Africa. I didn't see this sort of behavior in Africa. You know why? Because in Africa, if they tried to drag you off the Mutaru bus, you'd, just, you'd, you'd punch them back. I had full-born altercations in the street with police in Uganda. I never played a bribe. I'd fight my way out of it. It was more fun. But, the, but yeah, everyone's just sitting there. Everyone's just sitting in these United Things while they're beating this guy up in front of everyone. And they're beating it up him up because they can and because no one's going to say anything like you americans always go on about oh you know we got guns we got guns and yeah i got my gun i got my gun yeah well yeah and so so yeah your police come onto airlines and beat you up physically assault you and drag you off bleeding 
even though you've, you've paid for your seat. I've heard about all these, all these cops stopping you and just taking money off people if they've got money off them. You, you're driving along, apparently there's like these frisk and search and stuff, they, don't even, they can just stop you and take your money and confiscate your money. And police departments are having to do this in the States because they haven't got their budget or something. This is just literally highway robbery. I just don't get it. Oh, but we've got our guns. we got our guns. It's just like, what the fuck? I mean, US citizens have to pay tax to the United States even if they move and live overseas. What's that shit? You're not using any of the. It's you're you're you. It's basically holding you to ransom. You want to keep your nationality, your citizenship, the place you've been born. Well, that's not your right. That's uh, that's at the. Uh, we'll just you know that's at the mercy of the government. You'll have to pay ransom money on your own citizenship if you're living overseas. What? What? Really? I just. I just, oh, we've got our guns, we've got our guns, we've got our First Amendment. <laughs> okay, you've got your First Amendment, so you can say lots of shit where you've been dragged off a flight and beaten the fuck out of. Oh, I did it again, I swore, sorry. I mean, Tim's here saying in his, in his article he was heartened by the response of the public who were appalled and objected loudly. They videoed it. Well, of course, they're going to... They're gonna they're gonna ban videos on planes under security concerns because security concerns is the new shut up, don't buck the system. Um, I just I just find and you know what's the worst thing? The worst thing about this is when I initially heard the story and saw the video and read the report a few days ago. My initial reaction was he should have just got off the plane and taken it. Why did he... I, I looked unfavorably on the passenger. I saw the photos of him. He's kind of... He's a doctor. So we all hate doctors, obviously, worse than lawyers these days. And he's he's Asian and he's chubby and, you know, and it's just like... He looks like a, you know, a, a slightly overweight fuck who, you know, holding onto his seat and wouldn't give it up. And my initial reaction was bias against the passenger and decide with the airline, even though I'd read in the story, in the story they'd said that they were bumping them off for four United Airlines staff. This was the really the really disappointing thing for me personally about this story this week is I initially sided with the airline on this one. That was my instinctive reaction. I was like, oh, why didn't you just get off? Why didn't you just get off the plane? You should have just saved yourself the hassle. I suppose, you know, I would have been the same in Nazi Germany. Oh, why did those... Why did those Jews next door, you know, kick up a stink? You know, they, they should have just got onto the cattle cars, you know, to get taken where they were going to. Why did they make a fuss, you know? Because that's what they count on. That's what they count on. They count on you not making a fuss. That's it. Don't make a fuss. Uh, there was a comment on um, Tim's piece by someone, and they were using a um, Alexander Scholistrin. I just pronounced that really bad, uh, quote, who, and he explained how how in Russia and the Bolsheviks, there were only, there weren't that many Bolsheviks when they started rounding up the Russians and, and murdering them. Um, but they got away with it because no one, no one did anything. I mean, if the security operatives who were banging on the door in the middle of the night to drag you off to kill you and your whole family were themselves worried about getting a pitchfork through the back of the head, eh, things might have got a bit differently. But it was the compliance of everyone, not wanting to make a fuss, not wanting to make it worse. Just don't make it worse. I suppose that's the thing. Like you're in, the, you're sitting in a plane. 
you're already late now. You've already gone through the hassle of, of security, and, and that's the other thing in America. From all, I mean, I've never been to America, but from all intents and, intents and purposes, apparently they bend you over and, and just about ram you up the behind before you get on the plane, citing security concerns. Go through old ladies' handbags and that sort of shit while the, the uh, Arab is standing next to them, not getting frisked. That's the that's the whole that's that's the whole point of this. He's gone through all this, so I was biased against him. Because I was like, oh, why did you just make? Why did you make it worse? Because there's the there's the the shots of him bleeding. I mean, he's actually physically bleeding. Bleeding from the head is running down him, and they're dragging him down the aisle in the sense that he was lying on his face, and they're dragging him by the legs or the arms or something. It's just like my initial reaction was, why 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 would you make it that worse for yourself? Why not have some dignity? But in fact, but in fact, his determination not to give in, his determination not to cede to the bullies, the bullying that was going on here, perpetuated by a, a company that he'd given money to to pay for a service and he'd done nothing wrong except sit there and have the misfortune of having his name called out. He didn't go along with it. He refused to go along with it. And so he's actually set a bit of example for everyone not to put up with shit anymore. I mean, this guy should be like a real rallying call. A real rallying call for the general, general populations around the world that, that you're just not going to put up with the shit. And I, I, I suppose... Even though my initial reaction was to side against him, I also get him because I, I did that podcast recently where I, I was flying home from Europe and I went through Abu Dhabi, which is a total shithole, through the airport there. And they made us all line up out the, out the get up from the... We were all there waiting in the, in the boarding lounge. They made us all leave the boarding lounge, line up, and have our bags frisked by these numpties from Bangladesh or somewhere else. Citing security concerns, and I, I protested hard. I made it. I made it as difficult for them as I could. Because also, what are they going to do? You're in transit. No, I'm not going to let you search my bag. Oh, you won't get on the plane. So, so what? I'm just going to stay in your airport indefinitely. I'll be like that guy in that Tom Hanks movie. What? It's just, it's just unbelievable. What's going on? But all oh, terrorists can run around and. Let's be face it. Let's face it. You don't want to be sitting on your on the plane when a bomb goes off and the wing drops off the side. That that would be the definition of a bummer to wake up from your nap and you're falling through space still um, strapped into your chair. That would be that would be a very bit of a bummer. I've often wondered if people are going to soon start start taking parrot like those really slim parachutes on that skydivers wear for um carry-on luggage because like that um that malaysian airline airliner that got shot down over russia by a service to air missile a couple of years ago apparently there was just like bodies falling down from the sky so if you'd had a parachute on there and you're sitting there and boom, she hits, boom, the whole thing starts to break up. Boom, you're falling through space. How about that for a story? Think it can't be done? 
I, can, I reckon people will start taking parachutes on planes pretty soon, man. They can start, start taking parachutes on planes. Why don't they give out parachutes now? Why don't they have that? Stuff your, stuff your life jacket under the seat. Stuff your life jacket. What's all this life jacket shit? We're not on a boat. We're not on a boat. We're flying. Oh, yeah, Adam, but it could fall in the sea. It's all over if it falls in the sea. Haven't you seen the videos? It's all over. No one gets out of those things alive. Only if you're on the Hudson River. And that's only because your captain's way cool. I was, on the last flight I got off, the, 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 the captain of the plane looked like a kidlet. And I was thinking, oh, no. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Just out of nappies. Looks like he should be drinking a glass of warm milk. And he's going to be landing the plane. Fucking hell. Oh, I've done it again. I've sworn again. I'm going to do this the whole, this whole segment. That United Airlines passenger um, should be a hero for everyone. Really. He should be a shining example of what, if we all stood up and did it, if we all said no, we're just not going to stand for this anymore. And look at that. He didn't, he didn't put up with it. He's got, it's the biggest story in the world. He got a couple of hundred grand compensation. It looks like not putting up with it actually pays off, doesn't it? Because they give you shut up and go away money. The six figures. Brilliant. I mean, what about the couple that got off and just went, because the couple got off before and they had their names called out and it's just like, okay, you two are off and they went compliantly, blah, 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 blah. They got nothing. Yeah, he was dragged down the thing and bleeding, but you know, bleeds, wounds heal. Couple hundred grand, fucking hell. If everyone, if everyone, if everyone just says no, nah, not going. We're gonna do. Oh, a couple hundred grand coming to me. I'm gonna make this difficult. Kind of hold on to every. They had to get everyone off the flight after this had happened to re, to clean up the plane because of all the all the blood and everything that was everywhere. I mean, just can you imagine getting back on that flight. I just like. I mean, how would you? How how was everyone reacting after that? How was everyone reacting? Oh, I just. The whole thing is completely, completely bizarre. Anyway, I thought that was... Don Rickles wouldn't have got off that flight. Don Rickles wouldn't have got off that flight. No way. Um, I did a... I did a couple of posts this week kind of uh, ragging on the girls a bit. Um, I did a post called Women Women Ruin Everything. Women Ruin Everything. I'm wearing headphones and sometimes I can't work out whether or not I'm saying it the right way. Uh, and then I did a... But I did a... A clarifying post today. I didn't get any pushback or blowback which i was surprised about i actually got some comments i mean everyone was agreeing with me that women ruin everything but i i did a clarification today that that women ruin everything but they don't want to ruin everything they don't want to do that it's just that the male and female um roles what's a traditional male and traditional female, have been so distorted 
um, by feminist cultural Marxists, nutbags and progressives everywhere, that women are now finding themselves in situations where they're just not meant to be. They don't know how to behave, and so they behave like women. It's like women leaders. You, you, look, you get your outliers like your Maggie Thatchers and your Maria Le Pens and that sort of thing. But for the most part, they're just an absolute disaster every single time, whether they're a politician, whether they're a, some sort of corporate leader, CEO or something like that, um, any positions of, of leadership or authority. Women are just, a, we're just an outright disaster. And yet these, these companies are going on, going on, you know, it's like, oh, no, we have to have equal women leaders and board members and stuff. It's just a disaster because they don't have the genetic history and heritage of leading. It's not what they do. But of course, biology for the left and progressives is just out the window every single time. And the Z-Man came up with it this this week. If you define the right, the right are people who believe in biology. Okay? The left don't. The left believe in namby-pamby ideas and, you know, cultural Marxist, postmodernist, progressive fallacies. So men and women are entirely the same. Well, it's not the case. It's just not the case at all. And as leaders, women are just no good. They are no good. They are hopeless. They are useless. They are terrible. They bring in lots of rules and regulations, and they try to they try to they try to control everyone's behaviour, get everyone thinking exactly the same way. It's all conformity with women, and they do that not because they are bad. They do that not because they are evil. They do that because they don't know any other way. And I gave the example, if you have kids in a playground and the boys are going to invent a game, they take 30 seconds to invent the game. All right, we're going to smash everyone on the head whose name begins with D, and then they get right to it, and they start playing the game. Girls will sit down, sit down, and spend the whole lunchtime, recess time working out all the different rules and regulations that they're going to use for their game. And it's all going to be based around so the fact that everyone's a winner and no one's feelings get hurt and that the really good-looking and popular girls just come out a little bit ahead every time. That's what girls do every time. Playing the game, well, for them playing the game, that is the game. That is the game for girls. That's their genetic heritage. Put these in leadership positions. The other thing, of course, is this is like parachuting women in, in leadership positions or in, in whatever role that they've been given. You're throwing away meritocracy. And it's really important to understand this because meritocracy is what, really what our Western civilization is built on. The English, the most successful modern race, and they didn't really start to take off until they began to work out meritocracy. So we're saying around the 16th and 17th centuries is where, around the Elizabethan era, that's my cat running down the wooden hall. He likes to sprint down the wooden hall as fast as he can go. Um, Well, because, you know, he's my cat and he's naughty. Um, Now, what was I saying? Don't start, Juki. Meritocracy. Meritocracy is everything. And you give away meritocracy, you give away Western civilization right there. 
Um, and that that is what's happening. That's what's happening right now. We're literally throwing away. Um, we're throwing away a civilization because we're throwing away meritocracy. Why is the reason? Why is the prime primary reason that Africa is so fucked up? The primary reason is because there's a lack of meritocracy. You've got the tribal chief. He decides. There you go. That's it. That's how Africa works. The tribal chief, he decides. If anyone looks like they're going to be good enough to challenge the tri- tribal chief, then the tribal chief handicaps them in some way, whether, you know, figurative, figuratively or literally. Um, if anyone looks like they're getting ahead in Africa then what they'll have is they'll get taken away. Even if it hurts the people who are taking it away from them, it doesn't matter because there's no meritocracy in Africa. Absolutely none at all. Look what's happened now the blacks are in charge in South Africa with President Zuma. They're now going for the confiscation of white property. There we go. Not just farmers, white property. It's, it's, all, it's all about to happen because that's all they, that's all they know. That's all they know how to do. The difference between Africa and Western civilization is meritocracy. That's it. And we are in the process in, uh, in Australia and other countries around the world, the United States, of removing... I mean, the United States is even worse. I mean, you've actually got laws there that Obama, Chairman Obama stuck in about um, if you've got over... I think if companies have something like over 90 employees, they then have to start employing X number of women and and racial minorities, diversity hires. Um, that's that's the opposite of meritocracy. And the people who are the minorities at the moment might be feeling all hap hap happy about it, but that'll change. Like uh, Asians are starting to lose favour. And it's happening pretty quickly too. It's amazing how quick the progressive steamroller has gone in the last five years. I mean, this thing, these things start to pick up a bit of speed and then whoosh, it's off. So meritocracy. Meritocracy, that's everything. Really think about it. That's it. How can we have meritocracy if everyone's got a university degree? We give, if we give a university degree to everybody, what's what, a university degree is supposed to uh, distinguish between candidates? It's supposed to make it easier for employers to work out who they who they need to employ. Well, if everyone rocks up <clears throat> with a dinky die university degree, you're going to have to work out some other way to do it. So. It won't surprise me if it starts going back to dress codes, behaviour patterns, who you know socially, um, that sort of thing. Because human beings are always trying to sort out, you know, who they need and who they don't. And 50 years ago, our university degree was pretty good for that. Only 5% of the population had one. But... For the other for the other percentage of the population, you could you could get a job and you could learn skills on the job. You could get in quite easily. And if that job didn't work out, you go to another one. And the job would teach you how to turn up on time, how not to piss off all the co-workers, how not to steal, all that sort of stuff. 
Had a balance. Balance a checkbook, I suppose. I don't know. That doesn't happen these days now. You got minimum wage. Cost fifteen dollars now. No, I'm not going to employ you then. You're too expensive. Sorry. I'll put a robot in instead. Mm, meritocracy. Very, very, very important stuff. What was I talking about? You know, I'm really good at staying on topic and on track. I've completely lost my brain. I was talking about United Airlines. I've gotten something else completely different. And now I've lost my brain. Anyway. Uh, beating up passengers because we can. Beating up passengers because the passengers don't object. Well, one passenger objected. I don't know about the others. Um... I don't know if they objected. I hope they would have. I really hope they would have. But the, you know, the cops are probably there. How many people in an aeroplane? Two or three cops? How many, how many hundred people? Two or three hundred people in an aeroplane? Pretty cramped in there. You're not going to be able to start swinging your truncheon that easily. Could turn into a full-scale riot. Interesting stuff. Shout-outs. Captain Capitalism. Aaron Clary. I've already mentioned him. Um, did that really interesting video uh today on as i've already mentioned on working out whether or not you want to go out with the women and he's got a he's got a list here he came up with different things um uh, he's calling it the clary relationship test <coughs> which is a cool idea um Does she have kids? Is she divorced? Does she have a STEM degree? Student loan debt? Non-mortgage debt? Is the debt around? Did she... Which was She brought up by two parents. Did she have a job? Leftist? Tattoos? Piercing? Smoker? Stupid fancy car? Um, too many cats? Um, all that sort of stuff. So check it out uh, over at Aaron Clary's. Um, the other thing Aaron's got this week, he's got this new thing called Praxy. Praxy is very interesting. Um, and Aaron, uh, Adam got contacted by the guy who's uh, invented this praxy. And what it basically is, I think about your 1-800 numbers or something like that, but it costs you money. Um, so you can now call Aaron Clary directly and he'll pick up, but it's going to cost you, you have to download the app, but then it costs you, let's say a dollar a minute or $2 a minute to talk to him. This is really interesting. This is a really... Because I get contacted fairly regularly. Oh, Adam, there's this. And it's, it's like a broad range of stuff too. you think it'd be like ch help with chicks and stuff, but it's not. Some of it's like really technical stuff that people contact me about. And I never know how to charge them about this, and so I don't. Um, but now I can. Um, and I was this kind of clicked in with me because recently I had to deal with the British passports agency in in great britain because i was renewing my british passport and uh i had a problem i was using their online thing it was actually worked pretty well but there was just one issue that i couldn't get an answer to and so i eventually had to call a bit of water there excuse me i eventually had to call their number in england from australia and i was thinking oh no this is going to cost me because I'm going to, and I thought it was going to cost me heaps because I'm going to be literally 
on a mobile phone on hold for two hours or something like that, listening to listening to elevated music. Instead, it's like they have a system where you call and then you plug in your credit card number because they charge you. And so I was like, oh, this is even worse. You know, I'm going to be charging X amount per minute in pounds waiting to talk to this person. This is insane. But I had no other choice. I had to get this question answered and I couldn't get it answered any other way. So I, I call them. I go through, I follow all their prompts, I plug in my credit card details, blah, 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 blah. I literally press the last button and I'm talking to someone. <laughs> Bang, right there. Oh, hello, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, what the hell? What's going on here? The reason? What a brilliant system. No one is wasting their time because it costs money. It costs, it costs real tangible money to call, and you have to have a credit card. So you're not going to be like in Africa, in Whoop Whoop Village, where you don't have a credit card ringing up and just say, hey, yes, hello, hello, this is Moses Zimbabwe. I want to have the British passport. Yes, you must give it to me. Yes, 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 you must give me now. That's how they speak, by the way. That's not racist, it's racially aware. They haven't got their lines clogged up with all that shit. Because you're not even going to get through if you don't have the, you're not going to get through if you don't have the, the right credit card. And and then they've whittled it down even further because you're only going to pay this money if you really, really, really need the service. Money talks and bullshit works. So people work out, you know, how can we stop, you know, all the doctor's lines and blah, 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 blah. Stop giving free medical care to old people who are retired. Pensioners, stop doing it. Make them pay just like everyone else. When I go to the doctor down here, it costs me like $90. And I've got private health insurance in Australia, but it still costs me $90 to go. And the waiting room is always full of like the blue the blue rinse brigade. All, right? all these old women with blue hair. It's like, what is it? It's just like when you get old in Australia, your hair goes blue because of all the stuff they do to it. The blue rinse brigade. And then, of course, we've got the young, young feminist whack jobs having blue hair. But it's always full of them. And they're not going there because they're sick. They're going there because they want to talk to the doctor. Because no one wants to talk to them. Because they've got blue hair. Make them pay and that stops. And suddenly your waiting lists plummet. All right? And suddenly the system will work. But no, social welfare, social welfare. We've got to take money from people who pay tax like Adam. And we've got to give it to people who don't. Because that way they will be happy and vote for us. Love my song. Anyway, so I get straight through to the British passport thing. And then I'm speaking to this woman. Blah, 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 blah. That's... Uh, we took care of it and it like three or four minutes all done and I was just like, wow, I just got straight through to you. And she goes, yeah, it's a new system. It's so good. So with this praxy thing that Aaron Claire was talking about, the first thing I thought about this is like, brilliant. Not only can I make... Go away, cat. Not only can I make some money off my knowledge, and I have lots of knowledge. That's why so many people contact me about different stuff. Not only can I make some reasonable money off that i'm not going to get my time wasted either because my time is valuable to me if you're paying x amount of dollars per minute to talk to me then you're going to keep it on topic and on target right makes sense yeah so look the only problem i have with this is i don't have one of those android phones i have like a 30 dollars nokia 
Um, so I spoke to, I wrote Stephen and I, Stephen, the guy behind Praxy. We've been going back and forth a bit on this one. Um, and I'm going to definitely use his service. Um, what am I going to consult about? Um, I'm going to do it, you know, it's going to be, I'll do, I'm going to do two areas. I'm going to do technical areas. So stuff that I'm technically proficient in, like, you know, writing, um, how to put books out, uh, you know, the consulting I was doing for the offshore oil and gas industry. So I get still get contacted a little bit about risk management stuff and that sort of thing. Um, people want to throw ideas off me. I'll, we'll do that. And then, of course, I'll do the how to be a man stuff. And so many guys out there just, just have got no idea. They don't know what it, how to be a man. They don't know how to get there. They don't know how to, what to do. They believe all the lies. So I'm going to do that. You can, what we're going to do is, I need to set it up. What we're going to do is you will email me first of all and say, okay, Adam, this is the issue. I want to talk about this and I'll have a look at it and I'll think about it. It's not just going to be like a call where it's like uh, out of the blue and I'm not ready for it. It's going to be like ready to go. I'll have a look at your situation. Then we work out a time to call. Then you talk to me as long as you think you need to. And I'm not going to string it out. There's no way. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be like, I'll give it to you straight. I'll give it to you hard. Be the daddy you never had. Um, so uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a really good service. This Praxy. I think uh, I think the guy behind Stephen's going to make a lot of money. Uh, and so how it works is you have the app and you call up and apparently the first twenty seconds are free just to make sure that you know um, that the call's working correctly and then it kicks in. And so let's say it's chatting away for ten minutes and let's say it's two dollars an hour. Well, it's forty dollars. And as soon as you put the phone down, your, your credit card gets gets subtracted that amount. Mount Praxy takes their cut and gives the rest to me. Poof. Beautiful, I love it. I think it's a great idea. Um, so thanks for Aaron for for putting that um, putting that putting me onto that, um, which is excellent. Uh, so as soon as I can get my phone situation sorted out, which is probably going to take me a week or so. Also. Oh, man, I have resisted for so long having an internet phone. What is it? It's twenty seventeen. I've resisted. So, so long to have an internet phone. Um, but this, what has driven me to get an internet phone, I can make money now off it. So if I can make money off it, all right, okay, okay, all right. But I'm going to get as basic a phone, as basic, as basic, as basic a phone as I can get away with. Uh, and nothing, of course, no Apple products at all, never. How many adult Apple products does do I own? None. How many Apple products have I ever owned? One. I'm ashamed to say I have one of their first ever MP3 iPod things. Little one. I used to take it snowboarding. I've still got it, actually. I'd love to be able to say zero. It's one. Meh. Okay. Um, so, oh, look, I'll be giving you guys information about that. And whether you're 15 years old or whether you're, you know, 500 years old, I don't care, whatever. You can you can call me up and and uh, and I won't. The promise is I won't write about it. I won't unless you unless you want me to do it anonymously. I won't I won't use it as as grift grist for the mill. 
on my writings. I think that's probably what most people are worried about when they call up a writer, is like, is he gonna use this, yeah? Um, but I think you guys can see that I've been pretty good in that area uh, over the course of the last couple of years. All right, um, so there we go. Um, we'll call this the United Airlines uh, episode. I also got a better name for that. Something about, you know, he's a, he's a example, a shining example to us all. Um, and there should be more people acting like him. And if there were, the world would be a better place. I'm talking, of course, about the guy who got dragged off, the customer who got dragged off the United Airlines flight. Good on you, mate, even though you are a doctor and we hate doctors. Um, this has been Adam Pickett. This has been the Pushing Rubber Podcast. You all stay safe. You all stay happy. You all stay stunning. You all stay off, away from me. Uh, and I'll see you next week.